I am hyped. I am ready to go. QP Sports Exchange is bringing you its NBA draft preview special. I'm your host, Vince. And for the next hour and a half, you're going to hear nothing but the top five guys or consensus top five guys that are going in the draft. There are a couple little surprises in that as well. I don't want to give too much away. Um, I'm so excited about Nico Militello and Kendall Hall joining me for today's draft preview special. And this is what we all been talking about. This is the expansion of the network that I have been telling you guys about this whole time. It's starting to come to fruition. I can't be more grateful to these gentlemen giving giving of their time and also of their analysis and hot takes because there are plenty of hot takes. You are going to love it. I'm not going to give you this long intro because we about to get into this pod. So sit back and relax and enjoy the NBA draft preview special on QP Sports Exchange. Day one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come alive and direct them for a little fat. Make all these broke bitches break their necks. Cows wanna go to war, better come correct. When it's rain, shot pour, yeah, my shot stay wet. My shot stay wet, yeah. My shot stay wet, yeah. My shot stay wet, yeah, 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 yeah. Come alive and direct them for a little fat. Make all you broke bitches break their necks. Cows wanna go to war, better come correct. When it's rain, shot pour, yeah, my shot stay wet. All right, QP Nation, we are back. This is the day that we told you about, and it's finally here. NBA Draft Preview Special. I have my contributors here. Nico Militello and Kendall Hall are in the building. What's up, fellas? Hey, yo, what's good? Not much, man. Just getting ready to talk about these draft prospects. So pull back the curtain a little bit. My guys have been working around the clock for these for these uh prospects and getting you information that you're gonna need so when your team is up drafting you'll know right away did you get a dud or did you get a stud so we will have you covered we're gonna be doing this for the next three or four weeks leading up to the draft and then we are we have just finalized that we will have an actual mock draft and I think there is something also awesome in the works. And we will tell you as we go through the couple, next couple of weeks how we can get you guys involved. So keep a lookout for that. Now, with this draft special, what we're going to do is we're going to take the top five prospects. We're going to slow play it out. And then we're going to start filtrating more draft picks in as we go down the road. So next week we'll probably be six through 14 then we got like 14 through 21 then 22 to 30 and then we might hit on a couple second rounders or what have you some guys that we think might have slipped through the cracks all leading up to the very special mock draft so you guys are going to have not only one basketball part a week you will have two basketball parts a week because we give the people what they want Nico, 
One thing yeah. I wanted to uh, ask you today is that, do you have yeah. something going up on the website, sir? Uh, yeah, I wrote some breakdowns on the the players we're going to be going over today, the top, the top five dudes I have. Well, P, behind the curtain a little, there are actually six guys I'm going to have the write-ups on because it's so close in that top six there. Um, yeah, I just have a little breakdown on their offensive, defensive upsides, as well as some intangibles as well. I give everyone a nice a nice little grade at the end. All right, so this will be available. The first two will go up today. It will be Evan Mobley. It will be the Phenom, Jalen Green. They'll be going up today. And then tomorrow we will put up the rest. So stay tuned for those. So if there's something that you missed during the pod, first of all, go back and listen to the pod. Secondly, when you listen to the pod the second time, you will now have breakdowns of these top five, top six guys. So we are full functional, ready for you guys. And I'm going to start off with a guy that everybody's heard of. He's been everywhere. He is the number one overall prospect as of right now, even though I'm, I'm hearing shade on his name. And that is the guard from Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham. What's your guys' thoughts on one Mr. Cade Cunningham? All right, my thoughts on Cade. So you break down his season. He he played great, better than I thought. I mean, he averaged 20, 20 points, six rebounds, and three and a half assists on 40% from three. None of us knew he was going to come in being as great of a three-point shooter that he was. You look at his game, he's 6'8 with a 7'1 wingspan, the perfect guard slash wing guy you need in today's NBA. You look at the guys that are succeeding the league, the Jason Tatum's of the world, the Luka Doncic's of the world, he fits right into that discussion. I mean, you look at his game from what I've been watching, I mean, he's a, he's a great pick-and-roll initiator. He's patient when it comes to the pick-and-roll game. He makes the right passes. I mean, he's a great shot creator in the mid-range area. Um, he, he has high defensive potential with the 7-1 wingspan, even while not being the fastest guy, just being strong and smart in general on and off the ball makes him really a, probably one of the best prospects I've seen recent, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I have to echo a lot of what you were saying with Cade. He's got... Uh, all sorts of shot creation upside. He's an excellent playmaker. He has passes from all sorts of different levels. And he he's a great shooter, too. I like his shot. He can get it from, from most areas on the floor. He's one of the better, better prospects I've, I've seen, too, personally. I, I would say he's definitely in the top five guys I've seen since I've really been evaluating draft prospects. Well, that is heavy praise. There's one note that I will add to this. I was poking around a little bit the last couple of days. I had an exec that is currently in the league tell me mm. that Cade is falling in the draft. Well, as a Rockets fan, uh, please, God, I hope Cade falls in the draft, falls one spot to number two. That would be great. I, I Actually, I think that executive is definitely right. 
a hundred percent right. <laughs> I I put it into my reality, anyways. I will say I that some of his sizzle. I think what it is is that they don't see the the, the dynamic play, and yeah. I think there's a lot of very very good play. And I'm not trying to slander Kay Cunningham because I do think he's the number one overall prospect in the draft. But I think what it is is that his play is so technical. You know, it's so rudiment in structure, you know? Yeah. Um, But I think that he has the capability of just being very, what would you say, just as far as artistic in his game. You know, I Mm -hmm. think there are levels to it. And I think that he, what he had around him at Oklahoma State kind of prevented some of that creativity for to really, really show. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think a lot of that comes with they're saying he's a guard that wants to initiate the ball, initiate the offense, which he did at Oklahoma. Um Oklahoma State, but you gotta look at the team he had. He if he had a solid team, you give him an NBA type of team, he's not averaging three and a half assists. He's going to come in averaging seven-plus assists right off that, just off having the talent to get him to that assist. I believe think he's not the most flashy guy, but when it comes to just smarts, I feel like he's very smart in how he carries the game and how he runs the pick and roll and how he's patient, waiting for the roller, but also watching the defender to know, should I go for this, what I like to see in him all the time, which he always goes to the right-handed floater. Yeah. I And even, like, some of that flashiness, especially like you were talking about in the passing game, I think you've seen more of that earlier in the season. And then as the year went on and he kind of realized that everyone around him kind of wasn't good at basketball, he stopped trying to pull off all these tricks. He kind of got a little, like, dejected and would just, like, settle for pull-up threes early in the shot clock. Shit, that didn't really seem like it was him as a player. Now, this is the other thing that I will say about Kate, and I I think he's a chameleon. I honestly think that there are, I don't know, probably about eight teams that I can see him just going into and just fitting right away. You know, I think some of that, a lot of people don't look at that value because there's not a lot of players in this draft you can say, oh, that's plug and play. That's plug and play. I can put that guy in my lineup today and he will help me. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about a couple other guys who, who might fit that role, but he's uh, the one guy that that does literally fit that role of plug and play. Okay, that's a we don't have to worry about him whatsoever. He's going to make the right decision and he's going to have a high basketball IQ. Now, mm-hmm. here's the question for you guys. We know the the lottery as far as who's first, who's second, who's third. Now, I'm just going to ask this. This is off the wall. You guys weren't expecting this. Okay. Kay Cunningham, no matter where he was drafted, what would be the ideal fit, not because of his draft status, just his ideal fit? What team would you 
enjoy seeing K go to. And if it turns out being Detroit, that's fine. I just wanted to know if there was a style play that you'd like to see him do more than what Detroit runs. Uh, I, for me, I, I kind of hate to see it, say it because I guess I personally wouldn't enjoy it that, that much because this team is kind of like my enemy, uh, but like Oklahoma city, him playing with Shea Gilgis Alexander, I think would have been an excellent fit. Like they, that's two primary ball handlers that I'd be terrified of if I was any other any other team it would ruin my personal enjoyment of Kate Cunningham but I I think it would be excellent to watch on the basketball floor as we stated before Nico is a self-professed Houston Rocket fan he has gone through the ringer as of over this last uh this last NBA season my man saw Russell Westbrook leave James Harden leave uh, he did see Christian Russell Wood come Russell in though Westbrook so leaving was a good thing but no. I agree with that, but that's why I don't like Oklahoma City too much. They screwed us over so bad on that Westbrook trade. I, and I guess we got them on the Harden trade, so all's fair. But uh, so, yeah. so Kendall, where, what team would you like to see Kay Cunningham go to, irregardless of draft position? Irregardless of draft position, I would like him. I honestly love him in Detroit. I know it's bland. I know it's boring. I know it's obvious. But I feel like him, Detroit, is, to me, the best team for him. He goes to a small market team that they fans love. And also, when you look at the lineup they have, I mean, we see Killian Hayes as a point guard, but I don't see him as that. I see him as a a point guard, a one-two, and I see Cade as a one or three. So I feel like they could coexist good, and it's not that short two-guard lineup, both under 6'3". They're both 6'3". Killing Hayes is 6'3", 6'5", and you got Cade at 6'7", 6'8". So I think that will work perfect with that team. Jeremy Grant on the pick and roll. Um, I would love to be – I would love to see that with Sadiq Bey as their 3 and D guy. I think that it's a good place for him to not just – do what he needs to do, but also win a lot sooner than I think a lot of people would think. All right. So Nico, we're going to give you the shot at the second, at your, your second overall prospect. Who is your number two overall prospect? Uh, My number two, I know I'll get some contention from Kendall on this one, but my number two by a little margin is Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green is, for me, he's got incredible upside to be a primary scorer if he can fulfill that and kind of take over as that primary initiator. But he also has a floor that if he's not that kind of player, he can be an excellent number two or a good number three. And I think his defense, specifically off ball, is very underrated by the community at large at this point. Um, but basically everything he does off ball is at a really high level offensively too. He's, he gets to the open spot. He cuts to the rim so aggressively. I, I kind of have uh, like wanting him as a Rockets. I've kind of developed this crush on Jalen Green and uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be happy if they take anyone other than him. 
All right. Now, here's what I'll say about the Jalen Green thing on this. Jerry Jack played with him in the G League. Okay? Yeah. Um, Jerry Jack said that as far as the the G League Elite Ignite guys, so the Deshaun Nixes of the world, um, what is it, Isaiah Todd, Kuminga, Kuminga, and Green. He said yeah. that Jalen Green was like the biggest sponge for knowledge of all four of those guys. You can see it in how he plays too. He got so much better and was doing so much more NBA-like repeatable skills as the games went on throughout the year. And keep in mind, if you're not familiar with the G League, there's some grown men that play in the G League. There were no dudes doubt. that were like yeah. 25, 26 some 30. So these are grown-ass men playing against this 17, 18-year-old kid. And there were times where he was the best, not just the best athlete on the floor, he might have been the best player. Yeah, absolutely. I know Kendall. Kendall oh, has some, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. going to have some anti-Jalen Green takes to come at us. Can I? Jalen Green, Jalen Green. I, I don't get why you guys are so high on him. I, I I don't get it. I don't see it. Yes, he can get a bucket. Okay. We know he's going to shoot. We know he's going to score. But if that's all you're going to bring to me is scoring, I, I don't see him being a good defender. I don't think he really cares that much. You guys say he can initiate the ball. I I definitely don't think he can do that. I mean, Two two point eight assists to three turnovers. I mean, yeah. I, I don't see him doing that whatsoever. I mean, he 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 uses just pure athleticism from what I see him play the game. He he, he makes bad decisions when he has the ball in his hands. If he gets stuck or he's playing against a good defender, he doesn't have a floater game. He doesn't know how to do anything when he drives the paint. All he knows is. Rise and dunk because I'm athletic. Ah, he's got no. He's got a good layup game. He he can do some stuff around the rim more than just dunk. He he can adjust his shot pretty well. I will agree that he he could use a floater game or something like that. But his playmaking could use some work. But I really really like it in transition and in uh like in the lob game when he has someone cutting to the rim he puts the ball in great places where only those kind of dudes can get it and because of of those kind of passing skills and like the court vision he exhibits at different times i see him as having that kind of upside as a playmaker i mean i get your your upside that you have for him but Having as much assist to turnover ratio, that's just I, I, I don't see the vision you guys are seeing in him. I mean, I don't I don't see the complete offensive game you guys are saying. I mean, uh, from what I've seen, sometimes if he knows that he can't just jump over you, he'll settle for a weird mid-range jumper. Um, he, every time he drives, he goes right. I haven't seen him with a great left hand. I mean, he just. I just don't think he has the complete game and is not as ready as we think he is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm low. As Nico said, I'm low on, I'm low on Jalen Green. I'm very low on Jalen Green. 
<laughs> well, right. So now, Kendall, give us your second overall prospect. My second overall prospect is Evan Mobley. I was low on Evan Mobley as well, but up and recently after seeing it, I became much higher thanks to Vincent actually telling me about him and me actually giving him another look. I was very low on Evan Mobley, okay? I'll be honest. From what I watched with Evan Mobley, and I think another reason is, is that when we talk about seven-footers, we, we try to make them more than they are. So when I say here, I'm giving just what I feel like he is. He's a good defender. He's going to come in and he's going to be a good defender. He's a little bit smaller, but he'll bulk up a little bit. But I don't, I don't really, I'm not worried about him bulking up. I actually don't want him to bulk up that much more than he is. Maybe five to 10 pounds max. But when it comes to defense, he's going to block a shot. I've seen him play a passing lane. I've seen him do it. it, it it's good. It's, it's good. I've seen him play the four. I'm not saying he's playing, but we'll play the off ball and, and play great help defense to block a shot. And if the guard passes out of the layup because they see him, he can get back in time to guard his man at seven foot. And that's just on the defensive end. On the offensive end, his mid-range game is beautiful. Anything inside that free throw line, it's a bucket. It, it, it's a bucket. There's no doubt about it. I see him shoot a mid-range. I don't even have to worry. I can close my eyes and know what's going in. His mid-range game is insane. In college, to do what he did from the mid-range. And I think he could possibly become a decent three-point shooter just because how his jump shot is – it's not like a seven-footer's jump shot. It's like a it's like a guard's jumper. It's It's quick. It's fast. It's it had his elbows in when he shoots it. It's it's a good looking jumper. Um, I, I I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Um, I I just have to say one more thing. When I come to comparison, I know a lot of people see as AD or things like that. But with his elite mid range game, his be able to block shots and his versatility to play help defense and on ball defense, I see his comp. You guys are going to be wild by this but I see it more so as a Chris Bosch or maybe some guy a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit more, a lot more athletic Paul Gasol. That's what I see in him. I don't see the AD comparisons and things like that. People saying he could handle the ball. I don't see that, but I can see him being an elite mid range shooter. That's what I see. To be to be honest, like what you've said about Mobley, I, there's nothing I really disagree with that much. The the Pal Gasol comp, I could get a little bit less, but probably if I was going to give Evan Mobley a player comp, it would probably be Chris Bosh. Like that's that's the dude I see when I watch him. I uh, so is that thing, your third prospect, Nico? Yeah, that's my third. Evan. Prospect. Okay, so yeah. we'll just we'll just go go right into that, and then I'll piggyback off both of what you guys said after your third prospects okay sounds good um mo i mobley is is a good player the the only point of contention i really have with what you said is you talked about him only you only want him to gain like five or ten pounds and i think if if that's what happens then he has to be a four at the next level and i'm not sure i like his skill set enough at the four 
to want that full time. I'd want him to gain 20, 25 to 30 pounds, somewhere in that range and become like a true five. And I think he could be that same kind of player. The only reason I like Jalen Green more than him is because uh, bigs in general tend to bust more often. And that's has less to do with Evan Mobley than it has to do with the possession position as a whole, especially like the high, the high pick players. And then also I'm not, I'm not sure like if, if I see his upside as high as Jalen Green's personally, I think Jalen Green could be if, I, if he hits like his 90% outcome could be like a high level all NBA player. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying, Nico, when you say, I, I, I understand what you're saying by you want him to get bigger. I completely understand that. But as a guy so versatile in today's NBA, I, I understand you want him to get bigger. But as we see with these bigger centers, when it comes playoff time that they're seven feet tall, they're not able to keep up with these smoke forwards. He's going to need to be able to keep up with these forwards, and he can at this weight. And, well, he's 215 right now. He gets to max 220, no, max 225, 230, around 10 pounds. I think that'll keep his speed, but also be able to have the versatility to guard the big man. Um, Yeah. I mean, I get you say the four comparisons, but I just don't – you're probably higher on this three-point shot than I am, but for me – Mm-hmm. I don't care if he shoots the three. He can shoot it and catch and shoot. But if you, I can give him the ball in the mid-range, he can face up, hit me with a jab step midi, hit me with a back down hook, a, a, a floater. I, I like that way more than having my big man all out in the perimeter. I, I like yeah, that way I get, more. I get that too. I, I guess as a three-point shooter, I see him more as like the kind of guy who can duck into corners and that's not that different than what you're talking about. So I don't think like we see his shooting that differently. Maybe, maybe I'm a little higher on it, but it's pretty similar. Okay. So I have a couple tidbits of news on both of these guys. So I'll start off with Jalen green. All right. Now you guys have been watching basketball for a while, right? So, who in the NBA to you has, like, other than Zion, has the quickest first step? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to think about that one. Give me a second. Kendall, you got a guy that pops up? De'Aaron Fox, maybe? He's up there. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking real hard about this. Um, there's a couple guys that I have. Um, I, I, it's weird because I want to link to a younger guy, but I, I still think Russ has the quickest first step in the league to this day, at, even at his age. I still think he does. I still think if Russ wants to get get past you, he's going to get past you, and there's nothing you can do about it, um, in my opinion. I still think Russ is. Would the opinion of, of of Bob Myers and and a couple other people would this shock you that Bob Myers said that Jalen Green has probably the quickest first step before he steps into the NBA? Uh, that doesn't surprise me too much. Boy, if you're talking about off the ball coming towards the rim, that's that's part of why I like him so much. 
it doesn't surprise me either. I, I, I get that. I know he's an athletic freak. Uh, I mean, I think that's carried him a lot through high school and through the G League. Um, his athletic athleticism. So I see that. I can, I can, I can agree with that from what I've seen. Now the the other little tidbit on Jalen Green, and then I'll move on to Evan Mobley. Is this the guy that I said that said that Kate was moving down? He said that Jalen Green is the number one prospect in this draft. I, I, it's it's a little crazy, but I don't think it's insane. I can see it. I, I can see it. I can see Detroit doing it because Detroit, Detroit, you gotta understand small market teams. They they want the sometimes they pick the more exciting player over the more fundamentally sound player. Um they need people in the stands. An athletic freak who says he's going to come in, as we probably all heard yesterday, he said he's going to be Kobe, going to come in and probably in his first game shoot 25 shots. I'm not doubting it. He could. But, I mean, like, and we go back to the first step. I mean, he has a quick first step, but if he can only go right, what does that quick first step really do for him? That's all I have to say. What is that I, 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 think, I think he could go both directions, if you're talking about off the ball. But – on the ball, I'm not sure. Now, here's where it gets real tricky, and this is where the draft might start. I'm not saying that Detroit would actually take that pick. I'm telling you that there's somebody in this league that is moving up or trying to move up to number one, and they would not take K. Cunningham. That's what I'm trying to tell I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know. Let, let me double check this real quick. I'm pretty I can't sure. I know. My sources away, so I can't even. I can't even help you. You know. Okay. Got to. I got to just throw it out there like that. So if you listen, you getting the That's real fine. on this on this draft preview. I talked to somebody, and when he said that, I my eyes got real big. I was like, "What? That <laughs> what is are we crazy. doing?" And he's uh, like, no, I'm telling you, he's he believes. Okay, let me let me give you the comp that he gave me, and then I'm gonna let you guys go on this. He says mm-hmm. he's a pocket neek with a really good jump shot. <laughs> Man, bad, Wait, like, what, what process were we talking about? We're talking about Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna move on to Evan Mobley in a second, but I just had to tell you. The person that I talked to was really high on Jalen Green, one. Two, he is in a position where he can influence. There is a team frantically trying to move up to number one right now, and they would not be taking Cade Cunningham. It would be Jalen Green as a number one overall pick. I feel like I know who you're saying. Oh boy! I would have to give it to you off the air, Kendall. I have to give it to you yeah. off the air. I can't. If, if there's two teams that I, I can see, don't if say I'm looking it. inside. There's some squads out there. There, there's two man. teams in the top ten that I see. Two teams in the top ten. All I right. Any any team, any t- team that has a ball handling point guard, I think I could understand them liking Green more than Kate. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'd say that, but like I get it. Okay, I'll help you with. I'll help you with that. 
this team really does not have a ball handling point guard. Ooh, okay. Or, or I'll put it this way: this team doesn't have a traditional ball handling okay. point guard. Okay, I'll just throw it out like that. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. We'll, just, we'll talk. You don't have to say no, no. Yeah, we'll talk offline. No, no. Yeah, we'll talk offline. <laughs> fair, fair. So I think it's very. You guys, I'm just say this. I am a fit over BPA. Please don't do it. I'm. I, I, I'm saying the team in my head. Don't do it. I'm gonna be so upset. Don't do it. Okay. I'm gonna be so upset. I'm. I'm upset right now. I know. I don't. Even, I'm upset. I know who it is, and I'm upset. Literally, this is the only reason I'm here. They could have done this special without me. The only reason I'm here is to spice it up so they can freak out about news that I've gotten. I'm very upset. Give give us your Evan Mobley news. Cheer Kendall up. Okay, so Evan Mobley, um, as has been well documented, I have spouted on this on 10,000 times. Evan Mobley did... uh, did defer to his brother last year at USC. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Does anyone know who is privately working out with one Mr. Evan Mobley? I do not know. Okay. Mm -hmm. The person that he has chosen to work out privately with that he's picking up tips from is one Chris Bosch. Okay, well, there we I go. I said that was my comp. I literally just said that yeah, was my comp. That were, that's my comp, too. I said so that's, that's my comp. So when you guys were talking about comps and Chris, I was just sitting there. I was just laying on the weed, just trying to sit there, kind of, okay, I'm going to slow play this. Da, 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 da. All right, time to let it out. So my man yeah. has been, he's been working out with Chris Bosch. Um, they've been working on something that I thought was really interesting. They've been working on positional defense, like being able to move his man left or right on the perimeter. That's what they've been working on. Yeah, that that makes sense, especially if he's going to come in as a as a four. But Kendall, go ahead. He's not a four. Stop forcing these seven footers to guard guys. No, no, no. I think I think only coming in as a four. That's hypothetically if he gets drafted. Like, well, that's that's yeah. You're seeing them getting drafted. You're seeing him getting drafted by the the, the Cavaliers. That that well, that's why Cavs, you say that. Even if it's the Rockets, I think he's playing the four with Christian Wood to start his career. Uh, Christian Wood at the four. Uh, you think Christian no, was I mean, yeah, uh, bigger. So mainly for that reason, bigger. Mm. Yeah, he's physically like got more size. Yeah, he's stronger than he's stronger than Mowgli right now. That's yeah. Right. He can move people around more. Like I, I feel like you talked about his breath. Like I, Isaiah dealt with the bigger. Uh, bigs whenever they were playing against like anyone who could push themselves into the paint, Isaiah would have to deal with that kind of guy. And I think for the first couple years, if Mobley was in that kind of role, similar to Jaron Jackson in Memphis, just building that size and becoming the, the five he can truly be, I don't think that would be a bad... I don't think he's a four long-term, but I think he might have to start there. <laughs> Okay, 
All right. So the other question is, is that who's your number three, Kendall? My number three is my favorite player in this draft. People before the combine started was hating on them. They saw the stats. They didn't realize what I was seeing. But my number three is Scotty Barnes. I am by far the highest man on Scotty Barnes in this draft. I say this all the time. Every year we get a guy that sneaks into that top three, top four, and we're like, huh? But every year it pans out sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. And Scotty Barnes, I think it pans out. Got a guy at 6'9", 7'2", wingspan, who can realistically play one through five on defense. He's already coming into the league with the size. He has the speed. He's pretty smart when it comes to defense and knowing when to switch. You watch his interviews. He gets upset, beyond upset, when he realizes that he missed a read when he's reviewing film of his season. He, he, he loves to play defense. He loves to play defense. And if you guys didn't know, he's a point guard. Don't say he's not a point guard. He's going to get mad at you. He came into college saying, I'm playing point guard, and he's going to play point guard. He's a point guard. Don't put him nowhere else on the floor. I mean, on a defensive end, you can put him anywhere, but on offense, he will be a point guard at his bat, at when he hits his peak. He might not be a guard off bat. But don't be surprised with the team he goes to. He will be bringing the ball up the court. Yeah, people also look at his stats and like, oh, he only averaged 10, 5, and 5. You got to realize he was coming off the bench the whole season. He went to a school that's not a school that usually plays their freshmen to the level. You know, they they do kind of like a Gonzaga route. They don't really play their freshmen, a, a Duke route. They don't really play them like that. But the times he did play, he affected the game beyond belief. His energy is Draymond-like, and that's my player comp for him, Draymond Green. I think he's a Draymond clone with a better ball handle. That's a, a Draymond clone taller with a better ball handle. That's my comp for him. And that is a player everyone needs and everyone wants because we've seen what Draymond has done at his best in 2016. He was amazing. All right, Nico, you got the floor on this one. He has he has Scotty Barnes as his number three overall prospect. You know, before today, if you would have told me that, I would have thought you were crazier than I do after today. Because I did, I did Scotty Barnes film today, and he came up with a grade that was literally only one point lower than my number four prospect. So he's number five for me. Um, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying about him. I, a little bit defensively, I, I question part of the upside because he can't quite get out on switches quite as quick as a guy like Draymond or Ben Simmons as another comp for him <clears throat> quite as quickly as they can. But everything else defensively, I agree, is there. And he has more as the rim protector than either of those guys have considering his size and wingspan. Um, Going inside, his shot creation going inside is one of the best in the game. He's in, or best in college, rather. He's a great finisher around the rim. He's an incredible passer, great playmaker, like you were saying, and he never takes the wrong shot, 
which in in the case of a player like Ben Simmons, you can say it's a bad thing. But Scotty Barnes isn't scared to take a shot. If it's a shot he can make, he'll take it. But if it's a bad shot, he's not taking that shot. And that made yeah. that made me fall in love with that dude too completely. I think he's I think he's going to be a great player as well. Um, the only difficulty I really have with him is he's let's say he ends up not filling out to his ceiling he's kind of a harder fit as a role player but otherwise i think he's he's a great prospect i have to agree with you on scotty i'm gonna say it right now i'm just going to say it right now there will be a time zion will be in a game in the coming coming years and scotty barnes will be the guy to stop him scotty barnes will be that guy if you want to stop these elite three fours Get Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that's I, he has I, the size. He has the tenacity. He has the grit. He is a grinder. He is a point guard. He will do it. He will yeah. do it. I promise you. He didn't shoot many threes early in the season, but he's getting more comfortable and he's been shooting more and more. Yeah. I don't care if he shoots the three. Defensively, to me, I'm not I'll say it now. I think he's the best defensive prospect in this draft. I think he's better than Evan Mobley when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. I think he is the uh, best defensive player. He's very higher than Evan Mobley on defense as well. Oh yeah, he's definitely a better defender than Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you the buzz around the league on Scotty Barnes. Everybody that I've talked to loves him. There is one caveat though, and that one caveat is. It was funny because I wouldn't have expected from the person that I got it from because they're usually very close to the vest on everything they talk about. Mm-hmm. He looked at him and he said, this guy is either going to absolutely submit you as a talent evaluator or he's going to absolutely break your heart because he has the he has the potential to eat himself out of the league. Eat himself out of the league. Uh, yeah, that I I, that, I laughed because in my uh, write up today I wrote he's the kind of prospect who you're either going to get fired for taking or fired for passing on. So it's a similar idea to what you were saying. I I don't know enough about him on that personal level, but if that if that could be a problem. I, I just can't see it with the way he plays on the floor and how tenacious the dude is. He seems to give. He seems to give his all to the sport. So, I, but that's just me speaking as an outsider. I obviously don't know him personally. I'll say this: I don't believe it to be. I I like the kid. I like I like the mentality of the kid. I like his makeup. I think he's a a team guy, and I think that. Someone, I want him to go to the right team because I want someone to empower him to shoot. Yeah, I want somebody to empower him to say, hey, man, you taking that shot or you taking over this game is better than, you know, let's say seventh man, you know, in the rotation taking a wide open three. We can all agree that there are, some NBA players 
who might actually be covered, it still might be a better shot for them to take. Yeah. That dude that's like seventh man in your rotation, even though he's wide open for the three. Mm -hmm. That's true. So a little more aggressive nature in him would be great. Don't be surprised if he goes inside the top three or four. Don't be surprised, though. Inside the top three? Don't be surprised. Mm. Where do you think he's going, then? Cleveland? I want him to go to Toronto. Toronto at four. I don't hate that fit, actually, especially if they're actually looking to move Pascal and that Pascal to the Warriors thing is real, then I think Scotty Barnes would be a great fit there. That's a good that's a good fit for him because the development in Toronto is amazing. The one thing that you will definitely get out I think you'll get the very, very best out of Scotty Barnes if he goes to Toronto. And I'm not yeah, saying anything I, about the kid. I'm just saying their development system is top notch. They seem to do it almost every year. Every year there's a new guy. Like Chris Boucher, let's be honest. When he nobody knew about this kid, and then all of a sudden he's playing real minutes, real significant minutes for Toronto. They did it with Van Vliet. They've done it with Siakam. Um, they slow played uh Adenovi. You know, he was coming off injury, all that. So and I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to second year of Malachi Flynn. Yeah, me too. FYI. So I am looking forward to that as well. So Me too. Kendall, that honestly, I like I like your thinking with Barnes to Toronto. I don't know if I like it Barnes to Cleveland. That would scare me. A lot. I I like the idea of Barnes to Toronto too, but there is uh there's one guy there who I think might be a little bit better better of a fit. Who uh, uh, we Kendall and I both we had a conversation and comped him to Kyle Lowry. So okay, uh, Jay, I'm talking about my number four player in Jalen Suggs. Uh, I think he's a great, a great playmaker, great passer, solid shooter with a lot of tenacity and athleticism. Is he your five, number five player, Kendall? I'd assume. No, no, I thought we were number four because I said Scotty was my three. Oh, sorry. Is he your number four then? Yes, he's my number yeah. four. Yeah, yeah he's, he's my number four as well. We have consensus on number four with our with our draft analysts, so this is great. I thought this would be a bloodbath by the end of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, don't give me – oh, Evan Mobley. Oh, trust me. I Oh, God. You see, you guys see I haven't said Evan Mobley's name yet. Just just remember that. I'm, 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 I'm listening, and, yeah, I'm, my, felt, my face is melting <laughs> almost, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so you, who knows when I'll say his name? I might not put his name in the top five. Who knows? Now you're just being blasphemous. Stephen A. Smith <laughs> would scream at you. <laughs> Stay off hey. the weed. <laughs> this is disrespectful to Jalen Green for sure. But I'll say his name eventually. Uh, All right, maybe, so maybe on, maybe on today's episode, girl, maybe not. So give me give me your take on Jalen Suggs, Kendall. I know you love him. I love him too. I love the football background. 
I love the uh, tenacity. I love the competitiveness. And I also, even though he hit the shot that broke my heart against UCLA, <laughs> yo, man, that dude, is, that dude is a real G. I love that dude so much. Mm-hmm. Me, on Jalen Suggs, it, it's, it's honestly so boring. He's like the guy that I'm excited to watch, but I already know what he's going to do, so it's like, what's the point? Just look, literally, what, his first year, his stats in college, that's what he's going to do in the NBA, first year. He's going to average 14, 5, and 5 for basically his whole career. He might get to 18, 19 points. His efficiency will get better, but I see him being at, at best at 18, 18 points, 7 assists, 7 assists, 6 rebounds guy playing very good defense, making a bunch of all-team all defensive teams. Um, you guys know I comp him. I see – I remember, Nico, you said Kyle Lowry. Yeah. But my honest personal opinion, I see more of a Malcolm Brogdon player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. With with a Jason Kidd mentality in the Morocco. Okay. It's bad. I, me, I, I think Jason King, when it comes to leadership, I feel like Malcolm Brogdon, I, I got him player-wise to Malcolm Brogdon because I feel like he's going to, we know he's going to do six four six five guard that's going to play defense and be a, a ball, a primary ball hunter, a secondary ball handler. But with a Jason Kidd mindset to the game, he's going to be that guy that is the, the leader of the team in my, my eyes. That's, what I, that's why I had added the Jason Kidd aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, I get that aspect to it for sure. And I, a part of the Brogdon comp I like more is like Lowry is a great defender, but it's more the off-ball defense for Lowry than on-ball. And Brogdon is more of an all-in-ball defender. And I think yeah. Suggs is that way too. Suggs yeah. is way better at like pressuring the ball handler, but kind of at times can get lost off the ball. Um, he, he's got a really good shot IQ on offense. His, if, he could speed up his release a little bit on, on threes. I think he could score more than that 15, 16, 17 point you were talking about points you were talking about. And another thing I like about him is he's like an alley-oop finisher at, mm-hmm. at he does this shit all the time. You give it yeah. a guy like Fred Van Fleet and Jalen Suggs that they're going to oop on yeah. him so much is going to yeah. catch teams by surprise big time. Yeah. So I, I, I like he's really athletic. Yeah, that yeah. that is the thing that I like about him a lot. Um, he's really athletic. The only thing I don't like about him is, is that he doesn't attack enough for me. He mm-hmm. he can take. He can, We all know he played football, so he can take. He can take contact, but yeah. he just doesn't seem as contact. I'm saying the word that doesn't even just a contactiest, contactiest guy to me. He seems yeah, a little. Yeah. Love it. For some reason, a little, a little worried. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that. I don't. That's one thing I don't think is going to translate. I don't think. I think he's going to be a guy who doesn't get to the free throw line a lot because he's not mm-hmm. attackish. I feel like he'll be a guy who he's going to be a guy who's not going to go to the attack. He's going to shoot more mid ranges or look to pass out before. He's going to say floater. He's going to look for the floater. He's going to look for the mid range, and he's going to look to pass out. He's not even going to look to let me get this contact and go to the line. I don't think he'll do that. Kendall, yeah. would it change your opinion to know that Jalen Suggs from game 12 on played with a high ankle sprain? 
a little bit. A little bit, not much though. Not much. Because even even then he 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 still didn't go to the free throw on enough with me. He still didn't. Yeah. I I get I get what you're saying there too. He doesn't really like seek out contact to get to the free throw line. He he can absorb it for sure. And I think that that injury probably has more to do with like his explosion and getting to the rim. Maybe he has more upside as a finisher than we realize, especially seeing like what he does like on alley-oops and stuff. You see that athleticism, but maybe uh, I'm not sure if like he quite has the craft to draw fouls. I don't think he's that good of a ball handler to really get in there mm-hmm. like that. I'll be honest. I feel like his ball handling is very fundamental it's not like I'm going to ISO you, bam, 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 attack the rim, and I'm going to hit you with something. I don't think he's that guy. I think he's a very fundamentally sound player mm-hmm. who's just very aggressive on the defense there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dan. All right, let's see. The only thing that I can add to Jalen Suggs is that I think we might be underrating that dude's competitiveness. In a way of Kendall, I respect your your fifteen five and five deal, and I think that might be what he averages his rookie year. I do think there's more upside there as yeah, far as his that. point total is concerned. Because I, I think, think he can get he's a little up super there. competitive. I think he can get up there, but I don't think like what, what do you mean by that? Are you saying he can get more than twenty a game? I'm saying that he is a he's a perennial eighteen to to twenty-two. I'm, at his peak, yeah, I can I can see him get it. See, this is my thing about him. I don't think he's going to be an elite scorer, but I think he'll also, in a weird way, be the guy you give the ball to at the last in the last second. Oh, no doubt. I'm not Which saying is he's weird, gonna be a, you don't see that a lot. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar per se. Yeah. What I'm saying is is that kind of the role that we talked about Paul George last night, right? In our um shout out to the green room guys. Shout out to uh to Question Point Pod Network um member KC <laughs> Kyler Copeland. We had a discussion we had a discussion about Paul George, and people were thinking that I was being blasphemous, saying that he was a French top 20 player and that he was a, a really great number two. And there were some people really upset with that that take. But I see Jalen Suggs That's just being like that guy, that guy, right? Like, like Kawhi was, a, Kawhi was the missing ingredient in Toronto – but make no mistake about it, Kyle Lowry was the leader of that squad. Are we all in agreement mm-hmm. with that? Yes. And do we Absolutely. see that in do we see that in um Jalen Suggs? Yes, I yes. see that. All right. That's part of the why I like the Kyle Lowry comp so much. He's, he's a he's a definitely a, he's definitely a leader. He definitely is. And I think that also comes from out of football background. All right. Yeah, there's there's a good chance. So now we are at the number five prospect. And since Kendall, you've been holding on to Evan Mobley 
Or I know, yeah, to, to what, Jalen Green? Who is your number five prospect? <laughs> All right. This dude is going to say, like, Josh Giddy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Josh Giddy next episode. We'll talk about him later. We'll talk about Josh Giddy later. Um, my number five. I don't like him here, but I'm going to say it. I guess Jalen Green can go number five. He's my best player available, I guess. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Uh, you, you know, you can have some people that are literally going to be probably filling my inbox going like, what's up with your boy? <laughs> what is up with your boy? I guess. I don't, I, I'm putting him here just because his potential, quote-unquote. But I just, I still don't think he's the best player at five available. I don't think he'll be the best player at five. But I'll put him here. I'll put him at five. So th- there's something about his game that you're just you're out on. Yeah, you're scared about it, right? You're there's something that you're legitimately scared about his game. Yes, not working. And what would yeah. that be? He's just athletic. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. Uh, well, offensive end, if it's not scoring, he's he's kind of dumb. I think he's pretty stupid when it comes to offensive end besides scoring. I feel like he can score, but outside of that, he doesn't know what to do on offense. And once he gets to the league, he's not going to care about defense. I, he, he, people would think he'll care about defense because he'll get a couple steals every now and then because he's athletic and he'll gamble, he's going to gamble out in the passing lanes. I, but I, I don't. That's why defense. Can I can I just say something? You know what this actually sounds like to me? This sounds like a Joshua Christopher draft preview yeah. guy. Like this is who this sounds like. This sounds like, and I love Josh Christopher, right? I do. I think there's some holes in the game. But if you would have just said no name, you said player A, player B, and you said what Kendall said. I would think he was he talking about Josh Christopher, literally. Uh, yeah, man. I think Jalen Green. I think he does more than just score on offense. Like he moves so well without the ball that his gravity like affects every other player on the team with him. And his his passing, like his ball handling, I'll give you. It's not quite at that level that you'd want it to be at yet. But it, like, I think he's got good instincts there and. Like the times he looks up and is reading the floor, I see him quickly making the right decision. I see right. him quickly making a turnover. All right, Kendall. So I'm going to hit you with this, all right? And then we're going to get real deep into this for a second because I think your take is so off. But I respect it. But what do you say about an 18-year-old kid who's really, in a sense, underweight at 6'6", like 180? Okay, he was giving buckets to grown men and everybody that I talked to. And one guy in particular said, when you look at the G League bubble situation, that's like three steps above like high division one college basketball. And some of the things that he is doing here, not only do they translate to the league, their elite level translate to the league. I get it. 
I get what everyone's saying. I truly get it. But I just don't see it. I just don't. I mean, if I told you guys my player comps, you guys would freak out. Oh, well, you gone this far. You may as well go ahead go all the way now. Give them. Give them. Give them? All right. Um, One of my player comps. I'm going to start from my weakest link to my best. I have three of them. Okay. My worst player comp for him is, I'll say this, he averaged 15 points, one assist, and five rebounds a game in his best season. I really think my third comp for him is a Kelly Oubre Jr. The tsunami poppy? Kelly Oubre Jr. That's my third comp for him. My next comp at his floor, which I can see, is a Ben Macklemore. Oh, man. That is a worse player than Kelly Bray Jr. Now, at his best, <laughs> if you guys can see Vince's face, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. You're wild, man. Now, if he succeeds and he's better than I think, I can say this. At his best, he will be a guy. I'll give you his stats first. In his best season, in the younger parts of his career. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll say this. In his Milwaukee days, he'll give you 22, five assists, four, four, three, four assists, uh-huh. and five rebounds. No, he... I see him as a Ray Allen who can play defense. Oh. Oh, a little bit. Bit. I thought you would go somewhere else, player, and we was about to so fight, dog. We could play a little bit. Monta Ellis. <laughs> um, yeah, Ray, Ray Allen. We could play a little bit. Ray Allen, I think that's not the worst comp. I think uh, he's a little bit – I don't think he'll ever be that level. Even – well, I guess at his height, he could be that level of shooter. But, like, getting to the rim is just – like, he does so much more there than Ray Allen ever did. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not saying he's definite – like his best version is definitely a better player than Ray Allen. Six six Lou Williams with athleticism. Oh man. That that's some insanity. I I get it though. You hold strong on this take because if you're right, you're you're gonna be the This only is one. recorded. This is a recorded thing. Yeah. Jalen yeah, Green will not be great at basketball. Okay. Are you talking about Lou, is, Lou Williams after Magic City lemon pepper wings or before <laughs> Lou Williams Magic City lemon pepper wings? Which one are we talking about? <laughs> it don't matter, yo. He's not going to be good. He's not going to be great. He's going to be such a headache on defense. Teams are going to kill him so much. on that. It's going to be embarrassing how bad he is on defense. Embarrassing bad. How many shots he's gonna take? You know, you, you know what? You know, no. This, this is what I'm gonna say. He's gonna be that guy on the team that thinks he's the best player. You know, we always talk about that. Oh, he's a guy who thinks he's the best player, but he's not. Oh, you're he's talking be about that guy. You're talking about Brandon Ingram syndrome. Uh, Austin yes. Rivers is the first dude. Austin Rivers syndrome. Oh, Reggie Jackson that's syndrome. That's he's gonna have that type of syndrome. Ooh, 
Well, I'm going to tell you this. QP Sports Exchange, you heard it here. This is a real hot take. I cannot. I can't wait to put this in the Instagram, honestly. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. I wish that you would have. I, I need you to get a company Instagram so I can send all this to you. Because. <laughs> All right. The amount. Well, I'll of- tell you. I'll tell you guys this because this is the Twitter now. It's going to change to a company Instagram. If you want to come slander me, come with it. You can hit my Twitter <laughs> at k e n d y l l t h. Come at me, please. Uh, and when I'm right, I don't want to hear nothing. Nothing. Because <laughs> my boy get wild up in the green room. Y'all don't want none of that heat. Y'all don't want Absolutely. none of that heat. That's a wild boy right there. Also, also right there. MMA train. So you probably might want to tread lightly, step into that so player right there. Okay. All right. So neat. Okay. I never thought I was going to be absolutely astonished by <laughs> pops. My man said Ben Mclemore. I was like, what? Okay. Um. <laughs> Mm. That I mean, we can't get any polar opposite than the than the exec telling me pocket Neek with a better jump shot. Then <laughs> we go from there to Ben McLemore. You know, what I'm saying like, wow, yeah. okay, all right. Well, we we can only hope it's somewhere in the middle. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> No, if he's a rocket, I hope he's pocket neek with a better jump shot. Right. No, you hope he's not. You hope he's not a rocket. Oh gosh, you hope not. not I know. That's my dream. Yeah, that's gonna be. That's gonna be crying a whole lot. Oh wow, <laughs> my man is not in on Jalen Green. He got some Jalen Green slender. I love mm-hmm. it. I'm I'm here for all of this. Mm-hmm. All of this. Right. Tell me, he's he's a Ben McLemore. Nico, who? Go, if you don't believe me, go look at go look at the 2013. Go look at what they said about Ben McLemore in 2013. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Just go look at it. Go look at what they said he was going like to be in 2013. Go look at what they said about him. That, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done talking now. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, hey, man, listen. I wanted you to come on, and I told you, right? I said, <laughs> come on. And I said, you bring all the heat you need to bring. We're going to be good. Don't worry about it. And I'm going to stand by that. Listen, my man has a real hot take. He has Jalen Green, the number five prospect. And it's begrudgingly, by the way. It's not even like, oh, yeah, solid number five. It's begrudgingly number five. It's like, I guess. I guess I have to take somebody at number five. It may as well be. Ben McLemore Jr. Yeah, basically. Uh, we should ha- we should hashtag that. Hey, I'm a hashtag and when he gets picked in the draft in the top five, I'm gonna say Ben <laughs> McLemore Jr. Nico, I don't even know how you can follow that. Who is your number five guy? Um Scotty Barnes. We already covered him. Okay. So we've We've went. I, I, I have to ask Kendall though. Where, where are you on Jonathan Kuminga? Then, if you, 
if you have put Jalen Green. Oh, I have thoughts on this. Yeah, you want to know how I feel about John Kaminga? Yeah, yeah. I want to know your opinions on him. I I watched more of him today than I have recently. <laughs> I came into I came into it as someone who liked him, and I came out realizing my grade was lower than I thought it would be. Just like if you're looking objectively at the things he can actually do on the floor. To me, if John Kaminga doesn't go to a team that can develop him, he's not going to be good. John Kaminga, I, I don't like watching John Kaminga so much. He's probably one of the only guys in the draft that I won't watch a film ever again. That's how disgusted I am by watching him play basketball. That's how disgusted. Such yeah. an athletic freak. He's athletic mm-hmm. as I don't know what. You want to talk about Scotty? You want to talk about Scotty Barnes can't shoot? Oh my! Oh my God! John Kaminga thinks he's KD the way he be pulling up sometimes. He just come (laughs) down the court, pull up, pull it up. I don't care. I'm KD fourth quarter. He is. He is crazy when he thinks about pulling up from three. He will shoot it. He doesn't care the consequence, and. I think that's not a good thing. He's athletic, but when I look at him, I don't know where we put him on the floor. I don't know if we put him at the power four spot. I don't know if we put him at the small four spot. I don't know if we put him at the shooting guard. I have no idea where we put him whatsoever. Right there. He's like an undersized four or five, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But he's nowhere big enough or really the long enough wingspan to be a four or five in yeah. my opinion maybe a four but i i don't see it i mean he he's not he wasn't i mean you look at him you're just talking about how great he is at defense he wasn't a great shot blocker he wasn't a great guy getting steals he gambled on a lot of his steals because he knows he's athletic and he can do it but at the next level he's not going to be able to get those gamble steals I mean, he he's not the greatest rebounder on the, when it comes to defense defensive end. He's not a great offensive rebounder. Rebounding is probably the thing he's the best at, like in comparison to to where. No, I'm not I'm not saying he's terrible, but I'm not saying like for what he should be as a player. Mm-hmm. He should be that guy. Yeah. Um. When it comes to best player, you guys won't hear me say Jonathan Kimmy's name for about. Two more weeks. Um, okay. Well, as of right now, he's my number six player. We'll see if it stays that way as we go along. I'm actually closer. <clears throat> I'm actually closer to Kindle than I care to want to admit. Um, yeah. The I one thing that. that I'll say about Jonathan Kaminga, we just talked about Jalen Green and thinking he's a number one. That's a guy that can really blow up your team because when he's yeah. not involved, he pouts. Mm-hmm. Okay. He pouts. There's a lot of good stuff for sure. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of high schools in his past, one. And my man went full Jalen Johnson in the bubble, said, yo, I'm not getting the ball where I want. So I'm out on this G League bubble playoff run. So uh, peace out. I'll see y'all later. 
I'll go train. And I did not like that act. I did not care for that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate to be old man, you know, get off my lawn, dude. But show me some compete level. Show me that you want to be there because you of all the all the guys that were there. You were the guy that probably could have really enhanced his draft status. Yeah. You were the guy because all I saw with Deshaun Nix was all the stuff that I saw going into college. Poor man, Raymond Felton. Yeah. All the stuff I saw him, like, I was excited for him to go to UCLA. I was like, God, another ball handler. We definitely need one of those, right? Mm -hmm. But when he said he was going to the G League, I thought it was a huge mistake for Deshaun Nix to go to the G League. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. And then Isaiah Todd, he actually helped himself because Mm -hmm. he was very good on defense and his stroke from outside was repeatable. Yeah, it's looking good. Yeah. So as far as as far as the volatility of where you were gonna go, I thought that Jonathan Kaminga was the most volatile where he Mm -hmm. was. And for him yeah. to kind of give up and say, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go ahead and train. That told me a lot about the kid. And if I'm in, if I'm, if I'm in the top 10, he's off my board. He is off yeah, my board. Top 10. I'm, I, that's spicy too. I, I can't, I, I'm not sure I can get there, get all the way there just because I think the upside is so high realistically like here's the one thing with that think about okay think about the teams that are picking like in the top 10 other than golden state right okay Mm -hmm. do you want a guy as far as you're trying to build a culture right let's let's call you let's call you oklahoma city right you're oklahoma city you're trying to build a culture do you want a jonathan kamingo on your team no, no, you don't. Not I. Not ideally, for sure. You you only want a guy like Jonathan Kaminga in your building if you have like another one of those leader type dudes in there with him. And yeah. for me, that's why I think it is Orlando um, pairing him up because I think Jonathan Isaac is the kind of dude who can instill the right mentality into him. And realistically, I'm not sure what he is as a player. Like, I think he maybe could have been way better in a role similar to what Scotty Barnes played. If you just put the ball in his hands more often and wanted him to pass versus like, I kind of think if you watch like the way his play digressed as the season went along, he just started taking more and more shots. And I think people wanted him to be more aggressive and he kind of took that the wrong way. So I think with different coaching, there's a chance you could unlock something completely different in him. But I, I totally understand like all these effort questions that exist and like him being involved in the G League kind of like causes that to be thrown into question a little bit for me, just because like it was the first year in this system. Maybe he got in for a little more than he was accounting for or something like that. But that for, that's the only reason I consider him personally still in the top 10 at some point. Mm-hmm. Just if he does hit, he could be that superstar. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a player comp and then I'm going to have both of you be able to comment on this. 
My player comp for Jonathan Kaminga is Charlotte. Uh, oh my God! It's oh Charlotte oh Nicholas Batum. Charlotte Nicholas Batum. Oh, oh, I thought you were gonna say worse. I thought you were about to mention the other guy. No, I'm, that no, my, that haunted my city for years. Listen, what I'm saying is, is that Nicholas Batum checked out on Charlotte. We all know that, right? We're we're mm-hmm. pretty. Oh yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the. That's why I'm so scared of the kid before ten. Because I feel that I feel that if he went in the top ten, he would feel more emboldened to kind of act out, so to speak. Yeah, I get that. You know, and you need a really good coach, right? And usually, the the guys that are picking like in that situation, they haven't like established their culture yet. Basically, so having that guy in there would it? I don't know. It just what that, that comp is interesting. I thought you were gonna say the other, the the one that oh, I thought you were gonna really scare me. What were you I thought told? you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Michael K. Gilchrist. Oh no, no, Michael K. Gilchrist. <laughs> He actually can't. I think he might get better. I, but yeah, but I think when he comes I think to play wise, I think he's a better coach. He cares, but you can care all you want. He, um, yeah, I don't even want to talk about him. But Jonathan Kaminga, I honestly, inside that top 10, I don't see any team really going for him. Like how you were talking about Orlando, but like me with Orlando, Orlando, they got a bunch of guys that like to play basketball and have fun. I don't yeah. think they get him to mess up that culture. OKC, they got Shea Gilgis. He's probably one of the only elite guys that's under 22, 23 that does not complain about the team, does not complain about winning or losing, does not complain about the most teammates. Golden State, Draymond will, 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 Draymond will make him quit basketball. <laughs> the only team I can see him going to in the top 10 that would be very exciting for me don't say it. It's sack time. Oh, you said the team that... Okay, thank you. Oh, okay. I'm going to go right on this. That's the team that I'm scared for him to go to because I believe if he went to Sacramento, we would not see De'Aaron Fox anymore. Tyrese Halliburton would go play in the Soviet Union. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe that Luke Walton will just hide underneath his bed that what? guy's hanging on by a string anyway. Luke huh? Walton staying at home every day? I think that might be better. Oh, no. <laughs> sure, would he? But, hey, hey, Tyrese Halliburton knows basketball. I'd rather have him as the coach, in all honesty. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. That's the one team I do not want. I do not want them to get fancy at nine yeah. and take Jonathan Kaminga and be like, we're the smartest people in the room. No, you're not. You are not the I can smartest see them. people in the room. I can see them doing it. Just off of um, just just because that's the place where I don't see him going outside of nine. But as a, a fit wise, like I, you guys will hear when I say later when we talk about the other guys from in later in the draft, the Sacramento yeah. Kings. I feel like at this point they're scared of drafting those small forward, power forward guys that have high potential. They're so frightened. 
They've drafted so many of them that have not worked yeah. out. They're scared to draft them. And if he comes around, they're going to be like, do we take a chance? Because you look at their team. Well, actually, I'm not going to get that deep into it. But, yeah. There's a five. Be a good fit for Sacramento as a teaser for next week. I don't think none of those fives are. Um, Nico, I do. No, have no, a, no, no, I have a comedic. I have a comedic take on Jonathan Kaminga. I tell you the team that it would be comical for him to go to. Don't say, would, oh gosh. It would oh be, my god. It would be okay. See, so you know why? Hoku and Kaminga on the break together. <laughs> you talking about behind the back passes yeah. in the third row like all the time? You <laughs> lit. Every I thought you were about like, to say something terrible. It would oh, be yeah. like Oprah in her Christmas situation, and you get a basketball, and you get a spotting basketball, and you get a Wilson basketball. Everybody gets yeah. the basketball. No, I don't want. I don't want no poker chefs get slander. He, he's going to be the best shooting guard in the league in five years. Hey man, I'm just yo, saying right now, yo, that dude on League Pass for me is must see TV because I have yeah. no idea what yeah. he's going to do. With the I don't actually. He might be one of the players that I truly don't know what position he should play. Like I yeah, truly could no, be like, if he plays shooting guard, five, if I he plays play. shooting guard, he could play shooting guard. I I yeah. don't know. I thought you were about to say New Orleans. New Orleans would be that dumbass team to say. Oh, Jonathan Kaminga slid to ten. No, 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 no. no. Don't do not do that to my boy Zion Williamson, bro. I he already went Orleans. through a lot last year with Stan Van Gundy. I cannot have him with the Jonathan Kaminga experience. I cannot have that. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag JKE. Would have been a fit if they could have stayed around. Would have been Chicago. I think he fits like really in really nicely with that core. And there's some older guys who might be able to slap him into shape, but. Um, oh, could you imagine that first encounter with uh, Thaddeus Young? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like guys like Thaddeus Young, even Zach Levine. Like people give Zach Levine shit, but Zach Levine cares about winning basketball. That dude puts it all out on the floor. So absolutely. Like all right. So, did we talk about where we think these guys like perfect fit would be? I mean, without you know draft like um, position. I know we talked about Cade. Um, talked about gay. That's it. I think. Okay, so Nico, give me your two through five, like best fit, regardless, irregardless of their, um, where they're supposed to go in the draft and who's got the picks and what have you. Um. Okay, Jalen Green. I'll give the Rockets. Obviously, is the first pick. That's what I've been going. No shit. For. Yeah. Uh, that being said, if he did slip down, I think. He'd be a good fit in OKC, too. Uh, going beside Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think, would be a really good backcourt duo. That would be so scary. Yeah, get a lot of open shots. That's what, man, I was so scary. They were going to get, like, one and five or something, but thank God that didn't happen. Oh, I was uh, hoping for absolute anarchy and chaos. <laughs> I wanted them to get one and five. I would have loved it. Oh, man. Well, as a Rockets fan, I'm very glad that didn't happen. Shout uh, out to the Rockets fans out there who's struggling. The struggle is real. Oh, Rockets yeah. fans, you guys had James Harden. Be quiet. 
Yeah, that's true. We 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 don't have to complain that much. We've been rebuilding for exactly like half of one season. So. Well, you have you have Fertitta as the owner. So, uh, shout yeah. out to my to my Houston fans out there. I'm sorry about your owner. Yeah, we got to deal with that, man. Um, Mobley, I think Toronto would have been like the ideal fit for him. Him in that system, like. They need they need a five. Him with guys like Boucher, Van Fleet, Diakam, like all those dudes would have fit incredibly well with him. I would have also liked him a little bit in Detroit. Um, like I talked about earlier, playing that four that four originally. I think him switching in and out with Isaiah Stewart. I think they could have been a decent combination. Um, Jalen Suggs, I like him in Toronto, like I mentioned earlier, and then he could have been, uh, he realistically would have been, if the Rockets fell, he would have been a good fit with us as well. I would have liked him with Kevin Porter Jr. to some extent. Can I give I know, you one more team with Jalen Suggs? Yeah, go for it. Golden State. Oh man, that would, that would have been crazy. And, and, and they're in my division, so for me to even say that, is really hard, yeah. almost threw up. Um, <laughs> but I am I'm praying that that the draft does not go stupid. Like I'm praying yeah. for the draft for people not yeah. to do stupid things. Please listen to this podcast so you don't do stupid <laughs> stuff. Yeah, don't get Jalen Green top four. Please don't. Hey, no, don't, don't have Jalen to- Suggs fall to seven. Please do yeah. not have Jalen Suggs fall to seven. Let Jalen Green fall to eight. No, no, sir. Um, Jalen Green will go happily at number two. Uh, (laughs) And then Scotty Barnes, finally, I think he would fit well also on Toronto, like we talked about earlier, but also OKC. I think you talked about Pogoshevsky with Kuminga. I think Pogoshevsky with Scotty Barnes, that would be an insane passing front court at least. And just like also with Shea Gilgis Alexander, I think that team would be a whole lot of fun. All right, so Kendall, who do you have your your two through five best fits in the sense of it doesn't matter what the draft order is? Evan Mobley, I think he would be very – I would like him in Orlando. If Orlando could have gotten him, I would love him in Orlando. Because I truly think with him and Jonathan Isaac, that would be so scary. That That would be be beyond two basically seven-footers moving around on defense all day. That would be terrifying. Straight terrifying. Mm. Um, I got a follow-up question, Kendall. Check this out. So if for some reason, let's say your perfect scenario happens, right? Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley falls to five. By the way, do not aggregate me saying that Evan Mobley is the fifth best prospect in the in this draft class. I did not say that. We are doing <laughs> hypotheticals here. I know that's a more syllable situation than some people can handle. This is hypothetical. But if they were somehow to get him at number, what, five, right? Yeah, five. Mm-hmm. Who would they? Who would you want them to get? Because you you like best possible fit. Who would you like to see them get at eight if they got Mobley at five with all of what they have now? 
So I think about their team. I think of Cole Anthony at the one. They got Markel at the one as well. Then they got John, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter at that five spot. They'll probably yeah. make some moves. If they get him, they'll probably make some moves. I did him, then I don't care about him. They make some moves. They could probably get a at that eight spot. I gonna look. I gonna need a. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I gonna need a wing. I, I'm gonna go with a Moses Moody. Yeah. Or, Oh, you're higher on that guy than I am. Oh, yeah. I I think there's a lot of before you got here, there was a lot of Corey Kispert love. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So you got so. All right. So that's his fit now. So you got three, four and five. Kendall. Okay. Now, when it comes to Jalen Suggs, I think the best team for him to go to, it would be Toronto. That's the only team that really needs a point guard. That's that's truly the only team. Besides that, there's no team that needs a point guard in this top five at all. Um, mm. Who do you, you think Houston needs a point guard? I think Cleveland needs a point guard, actually. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think Cleveland, I, Cleveland. Darius Garland is their point guard. Darius Garland will be their point guard. Okay, because yeah. it, it the Colin Collins, Sexton's gone. Yeah, the yeah. Colin Sexton experiment can go ahead and and yeah. evaporate yeah. anytime. It yeah. Yes, yeah, it is. That that experiment is they, they, he's already he's he'll be traded before the season starts. Uh, yeah, he better not um, end up on the Lakers. That's all I need to. That's oh my all I gotta god. Say. You had to say something. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Because just like just like Bill Simmons talks about the Celtics, the Lakers. I am going to get my Laker take. Oh Listen, my god. He just Nation, had. You know. I'm in the la la. You know. I give it to y'all real rugged and raw. Oh my. This Laker propaganda in here. Shouts out to all my Laker fans. Laker Nation, what up? Oh, my. You had to say it. Lakers fans always got to sneak something in every single time. The Lakers fans always have to. Yeah. Jalen Suggs, the best fit, is best fit and only fit in this draft is Toronto. There's no fit. Like like I said, Jalen Suggs is the most boring guy in this draft because we all – well, not all, but a lot of us know where he's going to go. And we love him. Yeah. Yes, and for Jalen Green, um, first off, nobody should pick him in the top five. But if he had to go in the top five, hmm, he wants my man to play like like in Spain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, had to go in the top five. Stick um, in the G League. I like him in Toronto or in Cleveland. Those two players are like him. By I know way, they did the Cleveland did the experiment with the two undersized guards with Jalen Green six six, so it's not an experiment. Yeah, he's not undersized, and his wing its wingspan's bigger than that too. So yes. By the way, if Jalen Green ended up in four, that would be Vince Carter, Vince Sanity all over oh. again. Oh my! Oh, oh. Ben I'm trying to tell you. Just remember that Ben McLemore. I'm trying to tell you, like they I'll, will be. I'll remember that. Trust me, I'm, I'm just telling you how hyped the Raptor fans would be if Jalen Green somehow slid to them to number four. There won't they be, a somehow, be talking about Vince Carter. Jalen Green will slide to number four, and it will get past that number four by Scotty Barnes. Um, 
You're crazy. You just hold That's on sad. to this tank. Up if anything. Um, and Scotty Barnes, the um third best player in this class, he could fit it on any team, honestly. Um, since he can play one through five on defensive end, um, but there are ideal teams I like to see him in. Toronto. You want Houston. to see everyone in Toronto. I want to see him in Toronto or Houston. Um, I would like him in Houston just for the fact of uh, him with Christian Wood. I would like that. Yeah. Kelly Porter Jr. taking taking like 27 shots a game. Yeah, that's what I bet you could let him. Yeah, you got Scott Barnes. Yes, uh, I would like him there. That would be a great fit for Scotty if he went number two to Houston. He's not going number two. I'm not that crazy, guys. Jalen Green's uh, gone. Yes. You guys don't want Jalen Green, trust me. That's, Nico, I'm trying to help you out. I'm nah. trying to help you out. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is where the the heavy lifting comes into play. I gave you guys some homework. And give me your, give me your guy that is, to you, is being – undervalued in the draft and you think he should go higher and then give me the guy you think is being overvalued it should go what go lower nico i'll start with you uh okay i'll start the five i mentioned earlier who i think might be a fit in sacramento i really like alpern and sangoon or i i know i don't say his name properly but uh that I think he's a great interior scorer. I think his passing is underrated. I think his shooting form looks really clean and could project out to three pretty easily, at least in the corners. Um, defensively, I, I understand he's a bit of a sieve. He's not a great player there, but I think he he can be worked in a system similar to the Nikola Jokic system if you're going to just post him up at the at, in the low block all the time or maybe play a zone with him. I think he could fit there realistically. Um, do either of you guys have any thoughts on Sangoon? Um, me as a guy who watches European basketball, I really like Sangoon a lot. But I'm also realistic with Sangoon. He's very slow. Yeah, he is. Um, godly slow. Um, <laughs> He, he might he's he move he runs when it comes to movement like a seven three guy he doesn't know how to move um, or or he runs like a um a, you know when a, a toddler first starts to walk mm-hmm. and they're just like hobbling around everywhere that's how slow <laughs> yeah I get what you're saying I I think that's a little harsh but, but I offensively I love him. I love his mm-hmm. footwork when it comes to his footwork. He, in that mid-range area, he's elite. Um, I think he'll be a good passer. Offensively, if he's a hit, I see us a bonus in him offensively. If he's a hit, I yeah, see us a bonus. I think he has more upside, ideally. Yeah. But. Um, that's what I see in him. Yeah, okay. And then I'll go – Vince, do you have any takes on Sangoon? Yeah, Sangoon – Elite feet, like elite yeah, sure. feet. That man get a pedicure every day. That's how elite his feet is. That's, there you go. Um, I I love his offensive game. I think that he would be honestly 
he would be the interior, like, potential, like, just foul grabber. Because I just think yeah. his post moves, his feet, I think your your interior bigs would be in foul trouble, like, a lot with that cat. Yeah, I agree. Now, I think he'll be in foul trouble as well because <laughs> we'll pick and roll on the death. Yeah. So he'll be in foul trouble as well. So it'll kind of balance itself out. Um bunch of Euro fouls trying to stop the fast break. I've seen a lot of that. Absolutely. But I love, I I love his creativity. I love his Mm -hmm. shot creation. And I think the thing that, that I really like about him, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, you can't speed him up. Like you, you really can't speed him up. You know, you, you think you can rattle him when you got like two people around you, around him, as far as that's concerned, but he just fine. Okay, um, oh, there's the open man. I'm pass out. Ooh. You know, yeah. if this was the '80s, he would be top three. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> top three. Yeah, the only reason he wouldn't go number one is because he played overseas. If this yeah. was the '80s, he would, yeah. he would go number two. He yeah. definitely go number yeah. two. And yeah. somebody would be super happy at number two, going like, "Yeah, we got Sangoon." <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'll go next to the guy I'm lower than consensus on. Uh, it's sadly a guy who had a great uh, year this year in Davion Mitchell. Um, mm. I like I get it defensively. I understand he can guard uh, off ball well, on on ball well. He can do most things. He's your prototypical point guard defender, though I think defensively the point guard is the least important position of the group. Like he can be your on ball defender. So that changes it a little bit, but I, I would, I still do have to say small guards don't make a big difference on defense. Uh, I, I don't really believe in the shooting from three. He's also been a bad shooter from the free throw line. Um, maybe he could get that kind of mid range game off. I could see that happening, but he can't really threaten going to the rim. He's not a great finisher there. He doesn't really draw a lot of fouls. I, I just don't get the theory of Davion Mitchell offensively. I think he was the second best player, our second best guard on that Baylor team. Mm. Well, okay, Davion Mitchell. First of all, I don't know why everybody tries to comp him to Donovan Mitchell because his wingspan is yeah, nowhere the near. It's the name. That's really it. It's the name. So what? All black people look the same? Is that where we going? No, it's the name. Davian Mitchell, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. You know, and wearing the forty five makes it makes it like elite. He gonna be elite, I guess. They both play guard. Oh my god. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's what I'll say about Davion Mitchell. I'm with you. He's the second best guard on that Baylor team. Shouts out to Jared Butler, who I know we gonna see in this draft preview. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I really agree with you on the free throw shooting and how that's going to equate his three point shooting. I really agree with that. The other thing is this: if I'm an NBA team and I see Davion Mitchell, I'm throwing that dude in pick and roll all day long, yeah. and I'm gonna get my six seven six eight wing, who's hella aggressive, and I'm just gonna say, "Hey man, go to work," because you got mm-hmm. barbecue chicken on you. With grades. Mm. <laughs> Kendall, thoughts on uh, Davion Mitchell? Or maybe not. All right. We'll kind of. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. He's little. He's a midget. This is true. He's six feet tall, and they think he can play defense. Uh. <laughs> I mean, unless he unless he's just gonna run around the court like Pat Bev. I mean. Well, I think Kyle Lowry is the defensive comp. Really? There, no, like no. defensively, really? I, I, I don't think he's like that level of player. But I think the way he plays, he, he just gets out in front of dudes, and he's so aggressive on the ball. And like the, specifically the way Kyle Lowry switches to take charges and stuff. I, if he's going to be a good player, it's the, the Kyle Lowry type defender. I don't think he's that good personally, but like it's one of those kind of guys who, if you draft him up this high, like you're going to get a Chris Dunn type defender. Like he could maybe, even if he's great on defense, I'll give you the defense. He's, I don't think he's going to give you anything on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. I, yeah, I don't like his creativity with the ball. Like I don't like his getting in and out of traffic. I thought that they relied on Jarek Butler to do more of that when they needed to, you know, get into the lane and then create from there or get your own shot mm-hmm. and then, you know, kick it out to Davion Mitchell. So you saw in even in his collegiate days that he wasn't really like, okay, we need you to create offense for us. He wasn't that guy. It was Jared Butler. So yeah. I kinda I'm really on this. I I don't know. There man, there are some scouts, man, and I think sometimes I think they just see like mock drafts and they just say, Oh yeah, well Davion Mitchell, right? Like eight, like he's not going any lower than eight. It's like she because <laughs> I've yeah. talked to some people. I talked to some people. I couldn't even believe it. They were just like, oh, yeah, Davion Mitchell, comp, Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, what? Gross, yeah. Shabazz Napier is another comp Uh, I like. Ooh, the Shabazz Napier pick. LeBron James is a guy (laughs) that's annoying. Yeah. As he was leaving Miami. Oh, Um, man. Yeah. He just took that dude and then headed out the door. Deuce. Uh, all right, Kendall, give me your guy who is underrated, who's flying under the radar, people are missing out, and then give me your overrated guy, people are too high on. And, I mean, you already said Jalen Green is just trash, so, I mean, I don't know how you can get better than that. So, oh my God. I just want to get fun with, just be fun. Um... I'm just gonna say one for now. There's more later. I'll bring them up later another time. But right off the bat, another European guy, well, Australian guy, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy kind of has the same effect that um, um, Segun has, where offensive, but <laughs> he's a great passer. He's offensively sound. He'll hit a jumper. He'll hit you with a floater. Um, he can drive and kick out. But when it comes to defense, Josh Giddy might be slower than Sagoon. When it comes to defense. Josh Giddy, first off, watch his tape. He doesn't even get in a defensive stance. He he <laughs> he stands up like like I've never seen a player on offense and defense 
that just kind of just stands upright. Like he don't bend his knees. It's like his knees don't work. Like he just like moves around like his legs are lock legged. Like like his knees are meant to be straight. Like like but but being something. I, I see him being at, at worst all Ricky Rubio. Worst. Which you look at after 10 range, you get a guy from 10 to 18. If he's a tall Ricky Rubio, that's not that bad. That's something, for sure. That's not bad. That's something. So that's what I see. A taller Ricky Rubio. Um, a little bit better shooting potential. That's what I see from Josh, Josh Giddy. But he needs to bend his knees. <laughs> like, he really needs to bend it. Like, he doesn't bend his knees. He needs to go to Duke basketball camp so he can slap floors. Yes, because he don't bend them knees. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, he needs to bend his knees. But one player I'm really low on, um, Jalen Green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting that much. But um, I can say I, I'll go with Davion Mitchell, too. I, I don't know why he's risen on the boards. Like he has, like he's one guy that I've seen risen up to the combine. I was just like, came into the combine exactly. at six two, he's out the combine at six feet tall. So he got shorter at the point guard spot where he was already short at. Yeah, rises in the draft. <laughs> that, yeah, he that's is Patrick Beverly defensively on steroids? I have no idea why people why he rose. He has pictures yeah. and people in compromising positions that are high level in the league. That's why his draft status <laughs> has gone up. I fully believe that. that. It has maybe the scouts getting his confused name with Donovan Mitchell. And that really might be a thing. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's a thing. Maybe they think Donovan Mitchell went back to college and is yeah. coming back, and they think that's him. But I don't know. The lazy yeah. scouts are. I can say that for a fact. Lazy scouts are. He shouldn't go that. top 20. He shouldn't even go top 20. Oh. Oh. I, I, might, 20, I might agree with that. We'll have to see once I grade more dudes, oh, but I, so I'm low. pretty going to come, come uh, so up something like that on him. There's just off the top of my head, there are probably 20 guys I like more than him in this draft class. Yes. That's, that's, that's major right there. And he's ranked number like nine right now, which I don't, I don't get. And that's a consensus number nine. That's not just off one board. That's off everyone's board. He's in the top ten. Yeah, I think that will fall as we get closer and closer. When these guys are getting private workouts for teams, and you know that that kind of like that six through thirteen range, and you get some of these athletes in the building, and some of these guys that can. You know they have a specific skill, or they have a couple that you they have a couple things in their bag as far as skill is concerned. I think we'll start to slowly, slowly see. I think Davion Mitchell will be that guy that's sitting in the green room, no pun intended, um, during the draft, and we'll expect him to be going off the board from like seven to ten, and then lo and behold, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen start to show up. And my yeah. man is still sitting in the green room. So I would be shocked if that slow kind of decline doesn't start kind of right now. 
and we'll see yeah. what he where he is come the time that we do our mock draft on the consensus mock drafts that that are going to be out there at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds that sounds right to me. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people have been able to get these guys, you know, see these guys a lot just because of the pandemic. And now that things are starting to open up, yeah, you know, you're starting to get private workouts in. They have the scout, the scouting combine, what have you. I think now is when you start to kind of lock in. And also, he gets a little bump, right, because of the fact that they won the tournament, right? So yeah, it's a tournament bump. He gets that one. That's why the Shabazz Napier uh, comp came to my head. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to shut this down. Um, we got to hose off these mics because Kendall's take on Jalen Green, um, my mic combusted into fire. So, so I got to go maintenance my mic, obviously. And keep in mind, I understand. Listen, Twitter is at QPP Network. Go ahead, get all all your get all your takes off on me. I will take the brunt of it. I had Kendall on. I invited him on. This was his take. And here's the thing: I'll be in the comment section too. And my man's my man's. Listen. He is real about this, okay? This is not something that he's just trolling. No, he really feels this. And I'm going to tell you, that guy is going to be standing on top of a mountain with not a megaphone, with like, I don't know, the horn from God, if this comes out to be true. If this comes out to be true, we will not be able to shut Kendall up. I might not even have a show after if this turns out to be right. He'll take so, it. Kindle show. So um yeah. so next week, um we're gonna talk about probably prospects. What's a good number? Six to fourteen? Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like six thirteen. Six thirteen? Yeah. I guess we'll find out where we have Kuminga that day. Maybe we covered. Maybe. Yeah. No. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Honestly, I'm very upset. I put Jalen Green number five. Yeah. It's... <laughs> all right. Like I said, send send all your comments to at QPP Network <laughs> and on Instagram, Question Point Pod Network. Um, we got Nico at at Nico QPPN, and even though. He was silent today. Our boy KC Kyler Copeland is at question point KC. He is our fantasy football guy. So if you got questions about the NFC West, the NFC South, you want to dominate your fantasy league, you got to get with Fantasy Dreams. It drops on Saturday, all right, which is right after Football Friday, which is my pod that drops on Friday. And Nico is still working on getting everything together, but he is going to be on these microphones a lot. Come yeah, I got the next four we got weeks. <laughs> the next four weeks for Nico are super busy. I can't wait to see what his hair looks like in about two weeks because it's probably not going to look great. I'll agree. He's I'll in the lab. Agree. He's in the lab. That's all I can tell you. He's in the lab. 24 hours a day at this point. 
And I don't think Kendall's too far behind him because I know what time Kendall went to bed last night. And guess what? I woke up at nine o'clock, went to work, did my job, and was still able to make the pot and going back to work right after this. Going Look straight at to that. Gym That's a man. That is a man right there. And also, you don't want to mess with him in these streets, MMA style. I'm just letting you know. All right. And he's he's very aggressive. All right. With that being said, this is a wrap on the NBA preview. I want to thank Nico Miatello and Kendall Hall for coming in and providing a lot of fireworks to this podcast. I can't wait to put it up. I'm putting it up just as is, bro. It's going up <laughs> just as is. There might be like a short little little blurb in the front of it, some music, and I'm going to slap it up right now. So <laughs> sounds good. And also keep in mind, we got the two player profiles that will be going up on questionpointpodnetwork.com in the next couple hours. So you can use that to follow along with your uh, listening of this podcast. And I can't wait for next week. You gentlemen have a great one. And I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. You too. See you guys later. Tomorrow, nigga. <laughs> Day one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come alive and direct them for a little fat. Make all these broke bitches break right. they next cows. Wanna go to war, better come correct. When it's rain, shot pour, yeah, my shots stay wet. My shots stay wet, yeah. My shots stay wet, yeah. My shots stay wet, yeah, 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 yeah. Come alive and direct them for a little fat. Make all you broke bitches break their necks. Cows wanna go to war, better come correct. Bullets rain, shot pour, yeah, my shots stay wet. My shots stay wet, yeah.